630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chip. Sent in deep by Cal Yarncroke. Recovered and cleared by Kleppbaum. McDavid breaks free again. Centers. Re-shot score. Josh Archibald. This time he finishes. And Edmonton leads once again. 3-2. Archibald Smith. There's your game winner this evening at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oilers knock off the Nashville Predators 4-2. Josh Archibald moved up to Connor McDavid's line with Zach Cassian suspended, and he strikes in the second period. Leon Dreisaitl had two goals and an assist this evening. Connor McDavid had three helpers. Mike Smith very good in net again with 30 saves as the Oilers are now 5-1-1 in their last seven, 25-18-5 for the season and in second place in the Pacific Division, two points behind Arizona. Edmonton actually the same number of points as Calgary. The Oilers have the tiebreaker because they have more regulation and overtime wins. So, the Oilers keep rolling. Good little burst here and a lot to talk about tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99, overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Well, first of all, we'll start with the, the game-winning goal. The Oilers made it stand up and Archibald able to finish a play for his fifth of the season, and the Oilers have won all five games he's scored in this season. Well, he should probably score more then. <laughs> uh, it was a nice play. And there's pressure. When, when you move up from a, a checking role, you know, a penalty killer, a guy that's you're not expected to create a lot of offense, you're just creating momentum, and then you put on a line with Connor McDavid, there's pressure. Because when you get an opportunity, you've got to capitalize. Because, you know, Connor McDavid, is, as he goes, the team the team goes. So uh, he had some chances early. I thought in the first period he might have looked a little bit overwhelmed. But then he settled into his game, started doing the things that makes him successful. And on that play there, uh, the Nashville got caught. There may have been a, a pick at the blue line, but it got caught into a two-on-one. And at that point, Archibald has to know there's 100% certainty that the puck was going to come to him on the two-on-one so when he gets it he got to make sure that he puts it in the back of the net and he did so uh, Arch, uh, the Oilers are not as good a team when Cassian isn't in the lineup but Archibald was able to step in and get a big goal for the team tonight and that went a long way in the victory that they got. Josh Archibald our fourth star of the game for West Point of Windermere, a private estate lot only community just off Terwilliger Drive. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. The three stars this evening Mike Smith, the third star, Philip Forsberg, the second star, who might be on some highlight reels for months to come, and Dreisaitl gets to be the first star tonight. Dreisaitl gets two goals, one on the power play in the last minute of the first period to make it 2 2. Then he gets an empty netter in a frantic scramble around the Predators' goal. They were shorthanded, but obviously it pulled the goalie in a desperate attempt to win it. Both goals by Dreisaitl, one on the forehand, one on the backhand, both from sharp angles. And I know one was was into an empty net, but I, I didn't think that was an easy goal to score. It, it wasn't. It, yeah, the fact that he's on his backhand when he's trying to stuff it in there, there was a defenseman trying to play goal at that point. But one of those are one of those, you just throw the puck on net and hope that it bounces around. If it doesn't go in, it bounces to, to you or to your, to your teammate. It was a silly play by Bonino. Uh, Bonino, he had the puck on his stick, and 
He just throws it blindly back behind his own net, takes a bad bounce, and all of a sudden the Oilers' top three players are playing ping pong and trying to put the puck into an empty net. Uh, a terrible play by the Nashville Predators late in the game. Uh, Pekka Rene's trying to leave the ice to get the empty net to, to go six on five. He, he sees there's a turnover. He gets back in the net, and I think it was Duchesne jumped on the ice 20 feet, 30 feet, before Rene had gotten to the bench. He didn't pay attention at all, and all of a sudden, any chance for a comeback was gone. So uh, Leon Dreisettle has been outstanding. Since they've split up, he and Connor, uh, Leon has been, his line has been the better of the, the, the two lines. He has been very good. He's been even or plus in every game. And again tonight, uh, he made the plays that he had to. The Oilers' superstars were better than the Nashville Predators' superstars. That is one of the big reasons that the Edmonton Oilers got two points. 4-2, the Oilers win it tonight at Rogers Place. Their next game will be Saturday afternoon against Arizona. There was a long discussion after Nashville took that penalty. A couple of players were in and out of the penalty box. They also took the clock down from a minute 44 to a minute 23. I didn't see if they stopped it prematurely. I have no idea why that. And I know that the referee went and put the headset in now. I should know rules better than I do. If a two-minute too many men on the ice penalty, can't anyone take that penalty, serve that penalty? Or does it have to be somebody that was on the ice? I thought it could be anybody. I thought it could be anyone too. But, yes, but that's not what happened there because they sent uh, the big kid, number 32, over first. Uh, to take the penalty, uh, Trennan, and then he got kicked out of the box and end up they ended up putting uh, a different player in there. So I don't understand what happened. I, I, I agree. I, I looked up, when I looked up, it was 144, and all of a sudden they're dropping the puck with 123. I have no idea why that was the case. Uh, we'll see I, if we get anything from Tippett. I wonder if they accidentally stopped it when Nashville first initially had too many men on the ice in anticipation of there being a penalty but then the Oilers had the puck so they got to keep going. Well you're, usually the penalty box guy only stops it when there's a whistle so he would oh, yeah, exactly. have been way but off I'm just, on yeah, it. Yeah that's what I'm wondering. So yeah I don't know I, and I don't know why they changed guys in the penalty box. I mean obviously something happened because the referees had to go explain it to the Nashville coaching staff to see what was going on. Connor had to be told at, at, at the blue line as well. All in all, it was just a bonehead play by a Nashville player late in the game. Okay, sorry. I'm just getting a message here from a couple people who are out the game. The clock didn't start oh, in time? earlier. Oh, okay. So that, that's, that's what happened there, which I, which I didn't notice. But because we were so involved with the game, that's why. Well, we're higher than the clock. We should be able to see both the clock and the ice at the same time, but I guess that time we missed it. Anyway, the Oilers do get the 4-2 victory tonight, and, and Forsberg got the lacrosse-style goal in the first period. I, I'm pretty sure I've never seen one of those in person before. I haven't. Uh, and it I, caught me by surprise watching it. I was like, what? It, it did, and when you watch him on the replay at how easily, easily he got the puck from laying flat onto his stick, it, I, I, I don't know if he shaves down the end, the toe of his stick to make it slide that quickly on there. But again, as we talked about at the end of the period, there's so much going on in a game. When we sit up in the press box, the game looks slow. But when you're down at ice level and you've got guys trying to check, you've got big bodies around, there's eight guys in a small area trying to find a guy open, trying not to get hit, you're trying to create space, to be able to at that point think, hey, you know what, maybe I'm going to put it on the end of my stick, carry it like a lacrosse and twirl around the net. Uh, I give them credit. And as I said earlier, the skill level in the National Hockey League is as good as it's ever been. And, well, actually, it's better 
than it's ever been. The, what, what these guys try, what they can do, the creativity, it's fantastic. So I enjoyed. I know that that was against the Oilers tonight, but I enjoyed what, what Forsberg did. And he tried three or four other plays. He, twice he went between his legs trying to score goals. And he was by far the best player. Well, excuse me, actually. Roman Yossi was the best player. Forsberg was by far their best forward tonight. He created a ton of opportunities for them. Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores tonight for the Oilers. He now has 13 on the season. He has six points in his last four games. And again, Rob, I, I think that's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers have an actual second line. And, and Yamamoto has been injected. He, he has helped. I, I thought he was fairly solid again tonight. Took a bit of a tough penalty in the third. And who did we always say was really suffering from the Oilers' lack <laughs> of depth? Well, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Now all of a sudden he's got dry still Yamamoto. Oh, now all of a sudden he can get point a game over a stretch like this, over a point a game. Well, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was left by himself a number of nights when the Oilers lacked depth on the wings. Uh, Leon and Connor were having all the success. They're playing with each other, able to create plays. And there was a lot of nights where, and you and I saw it over the last few years, where RNH was the guy leading the forecheck, creating the play, first guy back on the back check, and the guy defensively trying to get the puck out of his own zone. He was doing all of those jobs with very little help. Uh, and we, I've always been a fan of Leon and Connor playing together. And I said the only way that you could split them up is if Connor was the guy left on his own because he can create by himself. Leon needs someone else to play with. R&H certainly needs someone else to play with. So those two have combined. And having the addition of Yamamoto, somebody that sees the games the right way, who keeps plays alive, who understands what his role is and excels at it, uh, he's fit in perfectly. And I, I think that they did the right job of keeping him in the minors for as long as they did. He gained confidence. Uh, he was playing big minutes down there, playing in the right situation. So when he came up, he was prepared. He wasn't overwhelmed. He was prepared to play at this level. And he's been, uh, he looks like an NHL hockey player. He does not look like a call-up anymore. He looks like an NHL hockey player. And my guess is that is what he is going to be for the remainder of his career. All right, the Oilers beat the Predators 4-2. We'll get to your reaction at 780-496-0063 in a few minutes. We want to head down to the Hall of Fame room for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. I got two. Um, you talked this morning about the kind of game you wanted from your team. Did you get it tonight? I thought we checked pretty well. It was one of those games we just we kind of did what we had to do to find a win. Schmitty was, was good. Um, you know, it was kind of, it was, it was pretty even game. We did, we capitalized on a couple chances. I, I thought we could have pushed it along. We had some good chances in the third to, to push it along, but the guys, uh, it was interesting. We had a good practice yesterday, but you could tell that the guys were, you know, they were chugging a little bit yesterday. That first, first, you know, practice home off our long road trip, you're chugging a little bit, but, uh, I thought we went out, played with energy tonight, and we got the two points. The uh, Forsberg goal, yeah. a couple plays between his legs. Take us back to your day. How would you have done against, say, a Billy Smith or Ron Hextall if you tried those moves? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Those are moves of today's players. It's amazing the things they can do. I was more upset about our coverage on that because our defenseman should have been on that way before he gets the chance to do that. So great goal, fancy goal. I was more concerned about what we did to stop it. 
Dave, you talked about wanting to be tighter. In the third period, you, you know, Mike felt like that was a real maturing period for the group. They didn't give up a lot when you're holding a one-goal lead, which is yeah. kind of being a little bit of a problem at home. Yeah, we, you know, we, we went with the mindset today. We wanted to check for our success today, check hard all the way through the ice. And in the third period, I thought we, you know, that was, we said after the second period, let's go check to get the next one. Like play well and check hard to see if we can get that next one. So we wanted to stay on our toes and keep moving, and we checked well and ended up in the right right uh, spot for us. I don't know how much you look into guys who draw penalties, but Negard and Haas, two more again tonight. Mm. That's something you monitored. What, what do you think of their ability yeah, to get yeah, you on the power play? We watch all those stats, you know. I mean, Nygaard especially, when he gets the speed, he can put pucks by people, just like the penalty he drew tonight. And, and it's hard to stop right now, right? So... He's, uh, you'd like to see him do a little more with the puck, a little more offensively, but he's learning the North American game and his speed is a factor out there. Uh, obviously the right move with Archibald on uh, the wing with, uh, with Connor. He didn't look like a fourth-line checker and a penalty killer guy. Well, he scored a goal, which is good. I think that's, he may be played on that line three times and he's got two goals, so that's a good sign so far. But uh, now, Arch, we knew what we were going to get from Arch. We were looking, and it kind of fit that mode of where we are. We wanted to check tonight and wanted to be a good checking team, and Archie on that line gives it some good checking. So, um, you know, all the way through our group, I thought we were all right that way. All right, that is Dave Tippett, head coach of the victorious Edmonton Oilers, who knock off the Nashville Predators 4-2 tonight. Special teams, another big part of the Oilers' victory. They do go 2-4 for four on the power play. The late one goes into an empty net, but they'll get credit for it. But they go three for three on the penalty kill. We were talking before the game about the discrepancy in the stats between how they kill at home and how they kill on the road. But the PK comes through tonight three for three, including they had to kill off the Yamamoto penalty about halfway through the third period. Well, Nashville had their opportunity in the third period down a goal. They got the power play. Uh, But what we've seen with the Oilers is big moments. Their penalty kill has come up big. Uh, They're aggressive when they see the opportunity and they didn't really give a whole lot of chances to to the Nashville Predators you, you need good specialty teams to win you do and one of the one of the big reasons that the Oilers have not uh, been a playoff team in the last couple of years is they've just been terrible defensively when penalty killing and given up too many goals at the wrong moment well they fixed that in the summer when they signed some players and those players have continued to impress so uh, yeah the specialty teams was very good tonight uh, especially teams and goaltending you win those battles you win hockey games and the Oilers were better in both of those tonight 4-2 the Oilers take it 780-496-0063 we will welcome Brandon to the show Brandon thanks a lot for calling you're on with Robin Reed go ahead how you guys doing pretty good so I just, my first comment is I think people need to realize how big of a win that is. I still think that Nashville is going to be in the playoffs when all is said and done. That's good to create early separation now. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys, I've been keeping an eye on Adam Larson. I know he had a down year last year, a lot of stuff with his dad dying and all that. Just what are you guys seeing from him? Because I think he's having a solid bounce back here. Well, Jack, that was, that was actually two seasons ago his father passed away, and then he's had some injuries issue as well. What do you say, I, I, I think I think he's been good. I, I really do. I think uh, when when Larson's playing well, he's very uh, unnoticeable. You, you, you don't see a whole lot out of him. That means he's doing his job well. He he's a guy that uh, plays aggressive in the corners. Normally, when a puck's in the corner, you're going in there with Larson. You're feeling a little bit of pain. Plays a little bit of nasty. Uh, 
but plays a very simple hockey game. And that's why when you, and I know that he likes playing with Clefbaum, and I, that when they have success, Clefbaum's the guy making the plays, jumping up and uh, with the forwards as a fourth man, uh, making the out long outlet passes, but Larson just the stay-at-home guy, giving him the confidence that Clefbaum knows there's a, somebody back looking after the house. So, yeah, I agree. I think Larson has played very, very well in this stretch that the Oilers have done so well, and I think a big reason is the, their top pairing, who I believe is Clefbaum and Larson, have been well. All right, Brandon, thanks for calling, Matt. That is Brandon, 780-496-0063. Got a text message here from Terry. Says, hey, guys, really wonder about Jujar Kara's future with the team. Two games, two games he's been benched and didn't notice that he wasn't there. Patrick Russell, certainly not a star player, but at least you don't notice him for making mistakes, whereas I feel if I notice Jujar, it's often because he's done something wrong. That is from... Terry to 7804960063. Terry's absolutely right. If I'm Jujar Kara and I don't see my name on the board playing in a Battle of Alberta game in Calgary, then I know that there is a message being sent. And the problem is anytime you... No player ever likes getting hurt for a lot of reasons. One of them is whenever you're out of the lineup, that means someone's filling your spot. And you never want to lose your opportunity to play because someone goes in and plays better. Well, the same thing happens when you're out of the lineup in the press box because you're not playing well. And all of a sudden, the guys that are going in impress. Well, it's that much harder for you to go back in there. So uh, to me, and we've talked about it a few times, Reed and I, I think that at times, Jujar looks content. And if you're a third or fourth line hockey player in the National Hockey League, you can't be content. Because there are a number of players in the minor league level sitting in the press box who are just dying for that opportunity. So you've got to be, you got to play as though you're appreciative for the opportunity. And every time Russell plays, he looks like a guy that says, okay, if I have a bad shift, I'm not getting another shift. If I have a bad game, I'm not getting another game. That's how you have to have, and I've been in that role. I've been a third line guy. I've been a fourth line guy. That if, if you don't appreciate the opportunity that you're having, if you feel entitled you're going to find yourself in the press box, and that's what it looks right now with Jujar Kara. He will get another chance at some point. He's got to be a different player. He's got to be a difference maker. And it doesn't have to be uh, on the score sheet, but he can be physically. He has attributes that other players on this team don't have, but he has to use them on a consistent basis. Patrick Russell jumps in tonight, plays 10:46, had two shots on goal, credited with four hits. Leon Dreisaitl plays 22:39. He took... 30 face-offs tonight. Uh, didn't have a great percentage. He won 13. The Oilers won 40% of the draws in this game, but Leon uh, Leon and Shane took most of them, and Shane had a rare uh, bad night as well. He only went 4 for 14. Well, you know what's funny? And I, I looked at uh, Leon's face-off numbers after the game. He must lose a lot in the neutral zone because every time they're on the power play, it seems like he wins his face-off, and every time they're penalty killing, it seems like he wins his face-off. Yet he was, was he 40% on the 43% night? 43% yeah, for like, the game. I'm like, hey, I don't remember that. So he must lose. Well, and he won one that was in the net half a second after he won it on the Nugent Hopkins That's goal. That's true. And every power play, they started, he started by winning face-offs. So uh, there are more important face-offs. They should do important face-offs because there certainly are more <laughs> important ones than others. But, uh, no, I thought, Russell, I thought Russell played well again tonight. He's a guy that if you don't notice him, that means he did a good, he had a good job. Russell, to me, is consistent every time he comes in the lineup. Oilers win 4-2 over the Predators, 780-496-0063. We have Jamie standing by. Jamie, thank you very much for calling. You're also going to finish the play, but have your thought or question first. 
Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for taking the call. I, I just uh, the Oilers are fun to watch, but I appreciate the coverage you guys give because I've uh, I've listened to more games than I've watched this year, and I just think you guys are a world class team. So I appreciate what you bring to uh, the radio for me. Well, oh, thank so you, you very much. so you did get the twenty bucks in the mail already then? <laughs> already, uh, already spent. But I appreciate it. No, we do appreciate that, Jamie. We're going to finish the play. You already have up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online, jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety-eight per day with the promo code JED. Who knows, maybe there's a midnight flight you could make and <laughs> go, go somewhere when it, where it's not minus 32. But what does Kellen have for the clue tonight? Gagne to McDavid, forced out wide, circles to that wraparound save made by Rene. And he just got it, partner, yep. with that left skate. All right. Pekka Rene, the goaltender for the Nashville Predators. In his career against the Edmonton Oilers, how many wins does he have? 21 or 55? 21. Absolutely. He was 21-6-1 coming into the game today. Now 21-7-1. Still pretty good. The Oilers beat the Predators for only the second time in their last 16 meetings but now two of the last three. So I guess that's what I should focus on. Well, we're going to see, I think, a lot of these long streaks start to turn the other way. The way the Oilers are playing right now, uh, they're a much better hockey club than they've been the last couple of years. So maybe some of these long 1-15 or 2-20 type streaks are going to start turning the other way, and you'll be able to say 2-3 or 3-5 going in the right direction. So Jamie's name is going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. safe adrenaline pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. It has been quite a turnaround for Oilers goaltender Mike Smith through times of in November and really most of December. We had a lot of uh-oh moments with Mike Smith at the age of 37. Is this it? Is he winding down? Well, he has jumped right in here in the new year and been very good. He won three games on the road trip he wins again tonight he has a personal four-game winning streak here's smith for gcl diesel genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices gcldiesel.com yeah i know it feels good to be playing well and uh you know the second half of the season the the points matter more and not that the first half doesn't but everything gets amplified and as it creeps towards playoffs you want to be playing your best hockey so I love the second part of the season and, and uh, playing in big games and helping the team get big wins. So it's uh, it's fun to be in there right now. The wraparound goal you uh, we talked about earlier this year. It looked like you had your glove right in the top corner where it's. I don't know. How do you play it? Did you play it the way you? I thought I played it pretty well. Yeah. I thought I had it. You did. <laughs> did you know yeah. it was coming? He got lucky there. What happened? Did it hit, he hit you in the side and went in? Yeah, I, hit, I think I hit my glove first and then down and eat a couple more hot hamburgers so I can get a little more fat in the side of me here if I would have had it. But Did you know it is what it is? Do it? Did you like... Obviously. I saw him pick it up behind the net, but you're changing, you know, from one corner to the other and then just trying to get over there and take net away, but... He got lucky. Mike, he was kind of trying a few things. Uh, but the third one, it looked like you were kind of saying something to him. Did, did you? Dragging did, him back, yeah, back yeah. into his feet. No, I didn't say anything to him. No, no. No. I was just focused on getting the win. That's the most important thing. What do you, as a goalie, like, you didn't grow up trying to stop lacrosse goals and between your leg shots. Uh, what's it like now in the guys are trying all this stuff? It, it look, it's, it's fun to watch when it's not you in net. <laughs> but when it ends up being you, then it's uh 
you feel like more of an idiot than than watching guys do it. But like I said, the most important thing is it didn't you know get too many more after that, and uh, we came out on top. So we're we're all talking about that goal, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. Mike, in the third period, Dave talked about your team wanting to be tighter. Didn't really give up a lot uh, holding that one goal lead in the third period. And from your vantage point, one of the better. Lead, uh, I guess holding a, a one goal lead in the third I period. thought we, we just showed a lot of maturity in that third period where at times this year we've we went the other way I thought we we really grew tonight as a team going going into a third period up by one on home ice after a big road trip I think it, it showed a lot about our team tonight I, I feel like we we took leaps and bounds steps forward um, coming out like we did in the third playing real solid against a team that's a desperate team right now um, all the points are important, you know, and, and we showed a lot, a lot of grit, a lot of determination to get the two points tonight and play the right way, and you end up, you know, getting results from it. That is the winning goaltender, Mike Smith. Oilers over the Predators 4-2. You will still hear from Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And we'll check your out-of-town scoreboard. Busy night in the NHL, and a few results went the Oilers' way this evening. We're live in Studio 99. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. We're back after the news and weather. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Held up by Benino, lost the puck at the blue line. Russell with support, had it stripped by Craig Smith. Heads for the net, Smith shoots, saves Smith. Rebound, bouncing around, and that ended up in the corner. Mike Smith stopping Craig Smith. And that's Mike Smith save the game, brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Be Wise. Winterize, Smith a good outing in net, 30 saves, Oilers beat the Predators 4-2. I thought he made a really good save, he made a lot of really good saves, but there was that one with 2.58 left in the third, and it was about 30 seconds before McDavid walked in, and Rede made that great glove save. The Predators took a point shot, and it hit somebody in front and bounced right to Johansson. And for a split second, I thought, oh, oh no, like is Smith going to find it in time? And Johnson fired it right away. Yeah, Johansson got a good wood on it, too. It, it bounced, and those are the ones that you see a lot of the time finding their way into the back of the net because the goaltender's focused on where the puck is supposed to go and then loses it for a second. But the one thing that we saw tonight was Mike Smith found the puck all night long. Mike Smith followed the play, knew where the puck was going to go at all times. He was never re- caught out of position, and on that one there, uh, as soon as the puck redirected, he quickly got back into the, the shooting lane and swallowed the puck up from Johansson. So, uh, again, it was a, a night where uh, the Oilers' stars had big nights up front, but Mike Smith made probably about five or six saves that could have changed the way that the game went. But he made the saves when the Oilers needed to, and the, all the ones that he wasn't making in November and December, come the new year here, 2020, he seems to be finding the, his mojo again, and he looked confident and calm in net tonight. Jeremy from Glendon writes in, he says, Mike Smith is a streaky goalie, so you need to ride him when he has his hot streaks. You know Costin will give you a 9-10 save percentage pretty consistently, so it's important to get Smith playing when he's on his game and is giving you 9-25 save percentage starts. And we had a caller last game ask, well, how do you know Smith technically is doing better? I don't know about that. I just think... Mike Smith is a goaltender contrary to other goaltenders 
the more active he is, it seems like the better he is. I mean, we saw Cam Talbot here, and when Koskinen is on his game, and we often say, well, they played a quiet game. They just get to the right spot, puck seems to hit them. Maybe it was going right under the crossbar, but they just seem to be absorbing everything. Well, Smith is roaming around. He's almost giving the puck away. He's doing the round the world when he's making a glove save. He's giving a guy a little nudge in front of the net during a scrum. Smith is, is the opposite of a lot of modern goaltenders where it seems the, the more you see Mike Smith doing, the busier he is, the better he's playing. Yeah, he's acrobatic at times too. Uh, he, he makes simple-looking shots uh, look uh, incredibly d- difficult. Uh, that's just, I, th- I mean, I don't know him personally, but that looks like his personality. I think he... There, there's times where the puck gets shot in and he's he's got two to two of the opposition players coming in on him. He keeps his hand off at the last second like, okay, I'm going to make a play. Oh, dare, I dare you to come in any further. Uh, that's that's who he is. And if that's what gets him going, if that's what gain, where he gains his confidence and we know he's going to have a good game that way, well, all the power to him. And Right now, if you're a, a player, you don't care how the goaltenders are making the saves, just make them. And Mike Smith has been doing that for his last four straight starts where he's won. And again, it, I would not be shocked now the way things have been going if he plays again against Arizona. That'll be a long stretch for Koskinen to go without playing a game again. Uh, but you could, we saw where when Smith struggled that Koskinen got a large amount of the games. I think now you're going to see Mike Smith do the same thing going the other way, and I would expect, and I've been wrong many times when it comes to <laughs> goaltenders who's playing, but I would expect that you will see Mike Smith against Arizona on Saturday. Oilers win at 4-2, three points each for Dreisaitl and McDavid as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Dallas beats Colorado 3-2 in overtime. The Arizona Coyotes beat San Jose 6-3, so that's why the Coyotes are in first all alone in the Pacific. Sabres knock off the Golden Knights 4-2. Maple Leafs get by the Devils 7-4. The Lightning with a 4-3 shootout win against the Kings. Islanders all over the Red Wings 8-2. Red Wings are 12-32-3 on the season. Penguins get Crosby back. He makes an impact, has a goal, makes some nice plays. 7-3 win over the Wild. The Blue Jackets shut out Boston 3-0. Blackhawks win in overtime 3-2 in Ottawa. Taves got the winner. And Winnipeg shuts out Vancouver Four nothing. So that is a good one for the Oilers. Arizona fifty-seven points. Edmonton and Calgary both with fifty-five. Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Vegas all with fifty-four. I'll throw Winnipeg in there because of the the wild card chase as well. And then Nashville, as you referenced before the game, Rob, they're now stuck on uh, forty-nine. So six points behind the Oilers and five points out of a playoff spot. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Marco standing by. Hey, Marco, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hi, uh, I just wanted to make a comment along with a, a question here. I had very high hopes for Jujar this season, but just defensively, he's been terrible. I think he's been 18-5, and five, outscored 5-on-5, uh, five five, and that's just unfortunately not the caliber of a, a second-line winger that you're looking for. My question towards you guys, is the asking price for Tyler Toffoli is a second round and a prospect. Would a second round in Cooper Maruti be too expensive, or do you think we have more value in going for Anthony Duclair or Pegout? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if Maruti would be as valued as maybe some other prspects first of all well i mean if, if that's the prospect you're giving up i'm like i okay. think yeah i yeah i, I, would, I, would, do I would do that yeah 
I mean, well, does Toffoli, he's, is he a UFA? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Oilers are desperate, I think, for one more player in their top six that can be consistent. Uh, Toffoli has shown that he could score in the past. He's had some pretty good years. Why he's uh, fallen off, I don't know. I don't see enough of their games to play, but uh, if the Oilers are playing the way they are and going into the trade deadline, uh, Ken Holland's going to be looking for players to upgrade his team and depth wingers, players that can play on the wing, players that can put the puck in the net from the wing would certainly be near the top of the list. I, I, do, I don't think he'd trade the first rounder. I wouldn't. Because then, then if you miss the playoffs, then you're in the lottery. So you'd like a chance to yeah. win the lottery. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, would, I, 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 I wouldn't don't trade think... a first rounder ever. Why? For, for a rental. I, I, it's not worth it. I, I, I just don't. Only one team wins the Stanley Cup. So you're, you're mortgaging part of your future for a 1-in-16 chance. And that's probably even more than that because you're not guaranteed a playoff spot. So 1-in-20 chance. To me, that's not worth it. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village, AAA steak, succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. The Oilers get to four tonight, beating the Nashville Predators 4-2. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with his 13th of the season. We will hear from him, courtesy BDO, First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. I thought as the game got going, uh, we brought... Um, more of it out. I mean, uh, at the start, I think uh, we could have had a little better start, but I mean, we still got that first one and um, and then tied it up uh, late in the third, which was definitely a big goal for us. So uh, I thought as the game went on, we started to uh, simplify things a little bit, and uh, just uh, it, was a, it was a good game uh, all around for us, and uh, it was a good team over there. So uh, definitely happy to get those two points. What is it about your guys' games recently, five one and one in the last seven, that's allowed you guys to maybe turn the corner uh, after what you guys deemed a poor December? Uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I think starts are important for sure. Uh, during that little uh, rough patch that we went through, it was, um, the starts weren't good enough, and we were getting uh, down on teams, and it's, uh, it's tough to claw your way back every game. So uh, we're not doing that to ourselves. We're not shooting ourselves in the foot right now, and uh, things are uh, going a little bit better for us. And I think just uh, all around, I mean, uh, we're just playing solid, more solid, not giving uh, uh, too many high-quality chances against. Actually, pretty impressed with the goal that Forsberg had, even though he's on the other team. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it a couple times now, so I guess it's kind of it's in guys' heads. I don't know how you think of that going around the net, but um, he is definitely uh, uh, he's got good hands and uh, a lot of skill over there. So I mean, it's. Uh, Obviously, didn't want to, want to see it go in. Uh, I mean, maybe he can make it, and, uh, and it, it doesn't go in. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a, definitely a high skill goal. Ever attempt that at any level? Yourself? No, that's that's not uh, that's not in my game. <laughs> Was it nice to get out there and just play hockey again after everything that's gone on in the media with the suspension and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. It is. I mean, it's in the room. We we talk about it a little bit, but I mean, the the media is the ones that are always talking about. It's not like we uh, we we fall into that too much. I mean, uh, you guys got to. I mean, you guys do the stories about it, and uh, we just try to. We had a good skate yesterday, and um, um, I mean today, good morning skate, and uh, yeah, it was a good game for us. I mean, uh, kind of left off uh, or uh, picked up where we left off on the roadie. 
All right, the Nuge sniping one off a dry side all face-off win. That was the first goal tonight. He is up to 13 goals on the season. Dry side two goals and an assist. McDavid with three helpers. Four goals for Edmonton means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. That's from Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. They're donating 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. 780-496-0063. Matt, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead, sir. Hello. Hello. Hey, good game tonight. Uh, I wanted to make a comment and then have a question for you guys. Um, the co- the comment is, um, beginning of the year, and I'll go talk about the Oilers' power play, uh, there was a lot of team, team passes that worked really well, and, and Dryside will usually finish, uh, finish them. What I noticed the last few games of the Oilers is, uh, for a while, they were shooting, which was kind of surprising, and I think it caught their opponents a little bit off guard because they're not a shooting power play team, it seems like, as often. But again, they're going back to that team pass, and it seems like the defenders, they're, they, they're, they're anticipating that pass. And a lot of the passes are getting intercepted. Sticks are getting in the lane. It's very frustrating. So uh, just a comment, I'd love to see them mix it up more on the power play, be a little more creative, shoot the puck more, and then it opens up other things later. The question I have is why the heck has Smith not started against Calgary, especially after three games that he was hot, uh, like the one caller or the one texter said, you know, you play the hot goalie. I completely agree. Smith's been the hottest goalie the last few weeks. Why would he not be starting against his old team like Talbot played yeah. against Edmonton? I'll comment on that, and then Rob can comment on the power play. Tippett, it's Tippett's decision. He just said they decided the Montreal-Calgary games would be different goaltenders just because, you know, flying back and and giving, you know, Smith, I guess, either he'd get the Montreal game off or the Calgary game off. So that's the that's how they decided to break that up. That was just a coach's coaching staff's call. Yeah, well, and as far as the power play, I mean, they got the number one power play in this in, in the NHL. They're over thirty percent. That's unprecedented. So I, uh, they're not everyone's going to work. But when they're clicking at over thirty percent, I, I don't think you can find much critique in in their PP. It's, I mean, it wins them hockey games, game in game out. So, yeah, they're. Uh, they, I, I will allow Connor and Leon and RNH to make the decisions on the ice that they think are best. They won't all work, but they seem to be doing all right. I, I actually think, and, and I understand what, what Matt is saying, when a cross-seam pass gets picked off, it's yep. frustrating because you feel like they were trying a low-percentage pass. But I actually think the biggest adjustment, Rob, from other teams on the PK is trying to stop Connor from winding up and getting that deep yes. drop pass or whoever. I, I think that's what's throwing a wrench on nights where they have struggled on the power play. I think that's been more the wrench than anything they're doing once they're set up. Once they're set up, I, I feel that they're going to score every time. And not every cross ice works, but look at all the other teams' power plays. The, the ones where the defenders stop it and watch the, the Oilers' PKs is when they, they break up the cross ice pass. So if you watch every game now and almost every power play, there's at least one bomb coming from cleft bomb from the point, which when they do that, that pulls a defender out higher to cleft bomb. When the defender comes out higher to cleft bomb, that opens a cross ice between McDavid and Leon. But again, 
when the Oilers have the puck on their six in the offensive zone, uh, they're deadly. And the, the, the ones that they don't score, they get great opportunities. They had two power play goals again tonight. So I honestly, I, I can't find fault in the Oilers' power play when it's the number one power play in the National Hockey League. That means the other 30 teams are worse. So I'm, I'm fine with whatever they're doing on the ice right now. Oilers take it 4-2. They're 25-18-5 on the season, second in the Pacific Division. You'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl. John is our next caller. We're live at Studio 99. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chance. Off the draw, wrist shot, score. Ryan Nugent Hopkins stays hot. Top right corner. 1 0 Edmonton. Nugent Hopkins, his sixth goal in his last seven games, and his 13th of the year to open the scoring at 9 01. And the Oilers go on to beat the Nashville Predators 4-2 this evening at Rogers Place. The Oilers' home ice record bumps up to 11-8-3. They started 5-0 at home. Haven't been very good since then. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, live in Studio 99. We'll get to Leon Dreisaitl in a second here, but first we'll welcome John on the open line. John, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Thank you. I flew in uh, from Ottawa to catch the game. I definitely wasn't disappointed. It was a great game. Um, so uh, just want to talk to, to Yamamoto. I've been really impressed uh, with this play since the recall, and I know I'm not the only one. Um, I'm just... Uh, just want to kind of ask you about uh, the power play so obviously the power play is doing great um and uh, and we we aren't seeing a lot of the second power play unit because uh, there is Connor a point yeah <laughs> well yeah i know there, there definitely hasn't been one in the last few games but i'm just uh, wondering you know like i mean me, me personally i think uh, yamo deserves uh, a look i just uh, wanted your thoughts on you know why uh, we uh, we didn't see him in the <laughs> the few Seconds that the uh, the second power play unit uh, has seen uh, since the recall. Um, well, first of all, there really isn't a second power play unit. the The first unit plays the entire five, or excuse me, the entire two minutes, except for Clefbaum will come off and Chase on a Neil. Chase on a Neil will swap. The other three guys, the three fours, all stay out the whole time. As for if they do put a second unit out there, if Yamamoto gets ice or not, I think right now they're just trying to protect him a bit. I mean, they've got Yamamoto up here playing uh, a pretty key role on the second line. He's found his way into four-on-four play. We saw him again tonight. He came out with Leon. I think he will eventually find himself as a power play player. I think he's got that ability. But I think right now they're just trying to protect his minutes, give him things where he can be successful at. Uh, Another reason, too, is he's going to come back out usually with his line mates when the power plays out if he comes out on the second unit and then Leon's line comes out without him all of a sudden the lines are messed up so the fact that if the second unit or the unit that comes on right after a power play then you don't have to put Yamamoto out there now you've got him saved so when Leon gets back on the ice Yamamoto can go right back where he belongs Yamamoto credited with four hits tonight I mean, he's been either first or second in hits in like three or four of the games that he's played. Nurse had five hits. Clefbaum, 28 and a half minutes tonight as the Oilers win 4-2. Three points for Leon Dreisaitl. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Yeah, I thought it was solid. Um, obviously, um, you know, just like any other team in this league, 
they had got a lot of skill. Uh, so uh, they're going to have their shift as well. But uh, I thought we defended well. Didn't really give them too much. So uh, solid win for us. It was one of those nights where you guys just sort of matched. Uh, I use the word methodical. You just kind of did what you had to do to win, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, we always try to play our best. Some nights uh, it works. Some nights it doesn't, you know. Um, that, that's the game. But sometimes you just have to win, you know. It sounds... Sounds weird, but um, that's how it is. Sometimes you just have to bank in two points and then move on. So, um, so uh, yeah, like I said, we did that tonight, and it's a big two points for us. All right, there is Leon Dreisaitl. Two goals and an assist. Both his goals coming on the power play. His second one also into an empty net that seals a 4-2 win for the Oilers over the Predators. Next game action for the Oilers is not until Saturday, 11.30 a.m. for the face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 1 as the Oilers take on the Arizona Coyotes. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Chad, Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. You can get more on this game, more on Zach Cassian's comments on his two-game suspension on 630Chet.com or globalnews.ca. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been live in Studio 99, Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers take it 4-2. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.